Good morning, and thanks for signing in with us on YouTube. We're doing things a little bit differently at the moment. So I'm recording this on a Tuesday morning. The sermon or the message that I'm about to deliver was delivered on Sunday at church. And going forward, that sermon or message will be recorded on video and uploaded after the event on Tuesday, whereas before we would record it in advance of the event. So that's a little bit of a change. And the reason for this is that we are going through a season of change here at Harvest, which has caused me to start reflecting on, on change. And uh, I've been looking back over my life, looking at seasons of change and reflecting on them and getting God's perspective on it, because I'm really interested to know how he walks us through times of change. One of the things I realized is that change almost invariably involves some kind of a loss. And because we're experiencing a loss, we're leaving something behind so that we can embrace something new, we often go through a little bit of a grief. Um, grief is when we lose things. And the psychologists tell us that grief is a process. Uh, it's a process that we go through. There's different stages of grief. There's different cycles of grief. And often we could go through that cycle and those different stages all in one day. And so, for example, we might go through a period of denial because if the loss is very big, then the way that our body and our mind copes with it is it actually denies that it's happening. Or sometimes we go through a period of anger or there is sadness involved. That's because we've experienced a loss. But of course, we don't leave things behind without taking something new and embracing something new. And so I, I've been looking back in my own life. I started off uh, at nursery school. I can't believe the name of my nursery school. It was in Mufalere in Zambia. It was called, it was called Poo Corner. Um, and well, I, I, I guess names have changed a lot, but I think that probably had something to do with, with A.A. Milne and Winnie the Pooh. Anyway, there I was at Poo Corner. And I had my little circle of friends and I felt very comfortable and happy at Poo Corner. But then I had to leave Poo Corner and move to another group, a grade naught group, um, led by a lady. I can still remember her name. Her name was Sheila Booth. But of course, all of us children used to call her Auntie Booth because we couldn't pronounce the th. So we, we went to, to Auntie Booth's and um, I didn't really want to go there. But when I arrived, I discovered that there was a, this amazing playground at the front of the house. And round the back, even more exciting, there was this massive anthill. And so we had certain days which were anthill days. And those were days when we could go and play on the anthill. And we absolutely loved that. And then we had other days when we played in the playground, which wasn't quite as good, but it was still amazing. And so looking back on that, it didn't take me long to negotiate that period of change because I realized that what I was leaving behind um, didn't compare in some ways to what I was about to embrace. And sometimes we feel a little bit like that. We feel a bit like the trapeze artist. Um, we're being called upon to let go of this trapeze swing 
um, let go of it completely before we grab on to the next one and see what's happening. And, and that's what we feel like. We feel a little bit like we're between the swings on the trapeze. And there's another great metaphor that we can use to help us in times like these of change. Um, I often think of woman, I think of Gail giving birth to a new child. And the ladies assure me that it's a very painful, difficult experience. And we need people there to encourage us. We need someone, as, as Joe Shepherd was saying on Sunday, someone maybe to rub our back and to say, it's the baby's almost arrived, just keep going. And of course, the mother doesn't concentrate on the pain of delivery, although sometimes it just feels all-consuming. But what she does is she looks forward to what is to come. And so we ask ourselves the question, well, what is to come for us here at, at Harvest? What is God doing in his kingdom, not only in our little neck of the woods, in our local church family, but going on broader? My brother gave me an encouragement and a prophetic word. He was taking a walk in, um, in a wood, in a forest in southeast England. And while he was walking, one of the dogs ran off. And so he was following the dog, trying to see where it had gone. And he ended up in this part of the wood that was just very thick. He was, he was bundu bashing, if you like. I don't know if you can do that in the UK. Um, I, I think we only get real bundu bashing here in Zim, isn't it? But, but he was bundu bashing through, through thistles and um, nettles. Those things can sting. They're, they're painful. Um, it was thick. And then suddenly he broke through that and he looked out onto these beautiful rolling fields that were golden with wheat ready to be harvested. And he just felt a great stirring in his heart. He felt God saying to him, tell Ian to tell Harvest that that's what it's like. We've gone through and we're going through a period of change. change. Yes, there are some thistles. Yes, there are some nettles. It's a little bit rough, but don't focus on that. Focus on the fields that are golden, ready for harvest. God is creating a church. He's creating a space here where people can come in and encounter him. And he's doing the same thing at Hope Church as well. Next thing I'd like to do, just having set things up a little bit for you, is to tell you about our vision at Harvest. Let's just have a little bit of a refresher, if you like. We are a transformational church, a transformational church, and that's because nobody wants to stay the same. We want to be different today to what we were two years ago. And in two years' time, we want to be different to what we are today. There are things that we're struggling with, maybe sin or weakness, that derails us and trips us up. We don't want to be dealing with those same things in two years' time that we are today. I love the words of Joyce Myers. She says, I'm not where I'm meant to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm okay, and I'm on my way. This is the wonderful thing about being in Christ Jesus. He starts the process of transformation by giving us rebirth. 
He gives us birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What is that living hope? That hope is that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we too will be raised from the dead as a new person in this life, but also recreated in such a way that we will continue to live forever in eternity with God. And it all starts with rebirth. And that's why we want to be the kind of church that creates an environment that sets the stage, if you like, where God is center stage. So that when we bring other people onto the stage with us on a Sunday, they are pointed to God and they have this taste for something different so that they too can be reborn. And then, of course, it's a very tragic thing, folks, isn't it? If, if a child is born and then it doesn't grow, there are medical conditions that cause that to happen. It's the saddest thing in the world. But we don't want that to happen. Every one of us continues to grow in Christ. We go through this process that is called sanctification, which means this is the process of becoming like Christ. It's the process of, of acting holy so that we become more and more holy. With the result, folks that we at Harvest use this tagline, if you like, if you want to call it that, all the time. And it's the tagline that the best is yet to be, that the best is yet to come. This is the kind of church that we want to be. We want to be a church where members of the family are growing, whether they're little toddlers, whether they're teenagers, whether they're elderly people, and also the kind of church where other people who come and visit, who are investigating the Christian faith, can find a place to do that and hopefully come to that point where they are reborn by God. And then for all of us, we know that the best is yet to come because I'm not going to be the same person next year that I am this year. And I have an eternity ahead of me with God, totally removed from the presence of sin, the best is yet to come. Let's just have a look now at some of the things that we value at Harvest Church. And so I'm going to look at those now. The first thing that we value is that we, we value Jesus. Jesus is at the heart of everything that we do. And it's because Jesus was the one who died on the cross to take the punishment for our sin so that we could be put into right relationship with God. And now, because we're in Jesus, God judges us by Jesus' record. And so we will proclaim in this church that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one can come to the Father except through me, and we will remain true to that truth. We love Jesus at Harvest Church. The next thing that we value is that we value love. Wonderful thing about love. Just thinking about it now. Um, God, well the Bible tells us in John chapter 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. There is a close association between love and giving. And so at Harvest Church, we want to be a loving church. 
We want to be the kind of people who give up things for the sake of loving others. Love is a commitment expressed in action. We want to be a loving church. We don't want this church to be all about us. No, we want it to be about God. We want it to be about the people that he is drawing into his kingdom. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Love involves giving. That's why Jesus says that every day we need to pick up our cross. A cross is an uncomfortable thing. It's a rough thing. It's got splinters in it. And every day, all we're doing is we're giving up certain things in order to love other people. That's what we want to be known for at Harvest Church. So Jesus' love. The third thing is vibrancy. You'll see a picture on your screen there of massages at this time of the year. God created this world. It is just so vibrant. It is so alive. And of course, God's Spirit was involved in that whole process. And it's, it's God's Holy Spirit that brings vibrancy and life to us as a church. We want to invite the Holy Spirit, which is actually the presence of God within the walls of our life, within the walls of our church. It's Him. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that brings vibrancy and life. We want to see the fruit of the Spirit here. I mean, fruit is great stuff. It's, it's tasty. You really feel pleased to be alive when you bite into a juicy apple or pop a grape into your mouth. And then the Holy Spirit gives us gifts as well, the gifts of healing, the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, the gift of hospitality. All of these things bring vibrance and life to our church. Folks, you'll notice that we've talked about Jesus, we've talked about love, and we've talked about vibrancy. I always like to think that those three things represent God in three persons. So we have Jesus, obviously, God the Son. We have love, God the Father. The Bible tells us that God is love, not merely that he's loving, but that he is love. And then we have vibrancy, which speaks of the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. Man, we serve such an amazing God, and we want that to be reflected in the way that we value Jesus in the way that we value love, in the way that we value vibrancy. Next thing on the list. Let me just take a quick sip of water. Next thing on the list is family. I love the fact that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were totally satisfied in themselves. I can imagine them sitting around a table having a meal, Because meals, you know, when relationships are good, meals are great times, aren't they, or fellowship. And I can just imagine God the Father saying to the Son and the Holy Spirit, why don't we grow the family? They were perfectly satisfied in the relationships that they had with one another, in the love that they had with one another. Why, Why shouldn't they be? But they decided to grow the family. They said, let's make space at the table. For Ian, let's make space at the table for Storm. Let's make space at the table for whoever you are who's listening. And so we are part of a family. 
We don't come to God as an employer. We come to him as a dad who loves us. And we, we want our family to reflect, our church to reflect that family aspect of God. That's, that's what we want to have amongst us. And, and not in the sense that you have to have children or be married to come to Harvest. No, in the sense that we want Harvest to be a multi-generational church, stretching from the babies right up to elderly folk. We want to minister to people at all those different ages. We want people of different socioeconomic backgrounds. We want people of different race and color because we want to reflect the diversity and the vibrancy of God's family that we're going to see in heaven one day. So we, we want to have a family. And, and just from a practical perspective, we're going to continue to have that um, baby's area in the overflow room. Um, there's nice, easy um, chairs there, sofas where the, where the mums or the dads can sit with their, with their babies. They'll be able to see the service on the screen. They'll be able to hear what's going on. We, we, we're going to have a toddler's ministry. We're going to continue, obviously, with that kids' church. At the moment, we're putting, we, 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 we're putting the, the kids' church into one group, simply until we get ourselves on our feet again. Um, but that's what we're doing. And then also the youth, the um, Form 1s, 2s, and 3s, there, are going to be, there is going to be opportunity for you to go out and process stuff together. But there will also be times when you'll be in the service as well, because we need to learn as we grow up how to be in, in the, the church in that particular form on a, on a Sunday with the, with the adults, with the whole body. Um, so we'll be ministering to all of those different groups. And we just want whatever age you are, um, we want you to know that you're welcome at Harvest whatever socioeconomic background you come from, whatever race or group or language, we want you to be welcome at Harvest. Next value. So we've had Jesus, we've had love, we've had vibrancy. Remember that speaks of the Trinity, one God and three persons. We, we want family. We also want to value service. You know, the Bible primarily describes Jesus as a servant. And that's why... As we walk in the footsteps of Jesus, we want to serve one another. And that's how we set the stage for God's presence to be amongst us on a Sunday. And it's also how we set the stage for people to encounter God, those who are exploring faith. And so we want to be a family that serves. And we'll set up our rosters in such a way that you are serving once every five or six weeks. We don't want it to be an onerous thing. But the great thing about serving is that you'll be part of a team and you'll actually meet people and get to know people that you didn't know before as well. And of course, you'll be walking in the footsteps of Christ. Next value, the sixth one, Bible. We are just blown away that God would have taken the trouble to, to produce his word for us to study in the form of a library of books written by about 40 different authors. Can you believe this? From kings to poets to farmers to fishermen to philosophers, shepherds, 40 different people who, who wrote this library of books that we can come to to find out more about God. And you know, when we read these different books, 
in the Bible. The Holy Spirit who is within us helps us to understand it, helps us to connect with the living God. The other thing about the Bible is that it was written over a period of one and a half thousand years. There are 66 different books in the Bible. And in spite of the fact that it's been written by 40 people, 66 different books over one and a half thousand years, it all holds together. There are no significant inconsistencies. And this speaks of the fact that there are no errors in the Bible. There are no mistakes in the Bible. And if we want to get to know God, this is the primary way in which we do it. And so our, babe, our preaching is always going to be grounded in the Word. You'll be able to see in the Word, be able to, to, to um, find a congruency between what we're unpacking in the Word with what we're saying. So wonderful. And so please pray for us. We're going to be looking for a, a series that will be appropriate to the times that we're living in at the moment and the change that we're going through as a church. We haven't decided on that series yet, but we just pray that you would pray with us um, as we do that. And the way we preach, pray again for us, that it will be relevant. We will try, by all means, to be, um, to, to, to be approachable so that you can connect with us, that we would help you to connect with this material. Because some of it, yeah, it can be a bit awkward. It was written, some of it, um, maybe three and a half thousand years ago. Can you imagine that? But it's there. The truth is there. The transferable principles, the timeless principles, and we hope to be able to unpack that. And then the last thing that we value at Harvest is prayer. We believe that prayer is the, it's the engine that drives our church. And so we, we pray on Tuesday mornings. We have two prayer groups running at the moment. One's at Six Arundel Road. The other one's on Montgomery Road. I've forgotten the number at the moment. But um, I'll get Storm to put it up on the screen when she edits this. Um, from 6 o'clock in the morning until 7 in the morning. We would love to have you there. We also pray at 8.30 um, before the service. And then we would just encourage you as, as people at Harvest to become people of prayer. Let's become people of service. Let's become people of the Bible, of the Word. Let's become people of prayer. Let's be filled and controlled with the Holy Spirit. Let's be identified with the love of God. And let's treasure and value Jesus more than anything else. Just in closing, folks, life groups. Now that we're back being one church in one site, we need these life groups. So we did a survey when Arundel and Falmouth Road were together just two Sundays ago. You know, of the, of the 50 people who were there and filled out the survey, not one of them said that they didn't want to be in a life group. They all said they wanted to be in a life group. So we're already in the process of trying to set up five um, life groups to accommodate that. And then this last Sunday, we, we did another survey at Sabre. We, we're yet to um, process that. But we'd like everybody to be in a life group. And so if you're listening to this um, and would like to be in a life group, please, um, you know, give us, send us a message on the Harvest WhatsApp as well. Life is where we, life groups is where we, where we experience life together, where we do life together. It's where we learn about God together. And we're going to be launching those life groups in the week 
of the 28th of September. Um, they'll be meeting every other week. We hope to be able to get a leader and a co-leader so it's not too onerous for the people who are leading the group. Also, um, the, the, the function of a leader or a co-leader is more to host and more to facilitate. We will be preparing Trevor and I teaching material which you'll be using in those groups. And by the end of the term, you will have had five uh, life group meetings. If you want to meet in between, that's also fine. And we'll be assessing as we go along how it's going, what the success of it is, whether it needs any tweaks or not. So folks, the best is yet to be. We want to be a transformational church. Yes, we have been going through a time of change. Yes, change involves loss. But we hold on to the new season, the new things that God is going to do amongst us. We pray those things into existence. We value Jesus. We value love. We value vibrancy that reminds us of one God in three persons. We value family. We value service, the Bible, and prayer. Folks, the best is yet to be. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to spending time with you again in the future. Goodbye for now.